Welcome to the KJ&D Podcast with your hosts, Kurt and Jacob. We are servants of Christ, armed with the sword of God, the King James Bible, a microphone, and biblical solutions for modern worldly problems. So get your Bibles out, grab a pen, and let's dive right into the Word of God. Welcome to another episode of KJ and V. And this time it's KJ and V in 2023. We are so excited to be here today. Yeah, very excited. Um, today, we are starting off this year with an introductory episode. Uh, before we do that, we are going to let Brother Kurt take over and lead us in prayer. Amen. Let's, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful once again, Father, that you saw fit, Father, to uh, bring us to, to the start of this uh, new year, Lord. And, and Father, we're thankful, Father, for uh, the resources that you provided us, Lord, to proclaim your word, Lord, just uh, not only locally, but uh, just throughout the entire world by way of the uh, internet. And Father, we just uh, pray, Lord, that uh, lives are, are touched and, and uh, changed, Lord, as a result of this podcast, Lord, as we proclaim your word, and uh, and we pray, Lord, that this will serve as a witness of you to others, and that you be glorified in all that happens uh, here next. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Father, amen. I'm just so excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited um, to uh, finally uh, uh, have this uh KJ and V in uh, 2023, and um, we, we have our very own uh, producer Morgan, who we've uh, heard from in previous podcasts. But uh, we're we're just going to use this opportunity right now just to uh, get to know our very own um, Morgan. So at this time, we're going to uh, introduce Miss Morgan and just uh, let her uh, tell us a little about herself. Uh, Miss Morgan, yes, how are sir. you doing? I am nervous, but great. <laughs> All right. Ah. And that, that concludes the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> After these <laughs> messages. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I um I don't think in a public setting or publicly uh, accessible form I've ever shared my testimony before. So this is definitely a first and new for me, mm-hmm. but, um, but my prayer today has, always, has been that, um, that anyone who hears what they're going to hear is encouraged and that they're made aware if maybe for the first time or reminded that they're not alone and, um, and also to maybe give, maybe give someone courage. So. Amen. 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 And that's not me. That's what God has done for me. So. Um, and my, my prayer, like if I can just be blunt is that if, if I could shut up so that he could speak because if I speak, it's just a mess. So, yeah. So, where would you like me to start? Like from the day I was born, or what? 
Well, actually, uh, 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 a birthday question would be a, a great way to, to start, but I would, uh, we would love to hear about your spiritual birthday and tell us a little bit oh, about okay. that. Amen to that. Um, well, so I got saved when I was 14 years old, and it was at Walnut Ridge Baptist Church in Mansfield, Texas. And I remember that because, well, because it's, you know, where I got saved, but also because um the parking lot of that church became very important um a few years from when i got saved um so i can't remember the hymn that was playing it was a youth service on a wednesday night and i can't remember the song that was everybody was singing but i remember looking at the lyrics and thinking this is really nice and i literally came just to get out of the house my friend invited me. Her name's Angela. Still friends with her today. Um, Amen. Yeah. And I remind her all the time, like, you know, I only got saved because you would not stop inviting me to church. And I kind of wanted you to stop, but I also wanted to get out of the house. So it just was mutually beneficial. And that's why I came. But that's where I got saved. So please don't Amen. give up on yourself. Like you changed my life completely because you wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. Um so anyway, I, I want to say it was turn your eyes upon Jesus. And um, I remember looking up at the screen at the lyrics of the song and thinking, this is really nice. And I'm sure it applies to everybody that's here, but I but definitely not me. There's no way this could apply to me. And I was kind of not praying, but I was just like, it would really be nice to like genuinely believe what these people believe because, you know, someone loving you unconditionally, that's great. Like who wouldn't want that? But it's obviously it's not for me. And I thought that because from the time before I was born until up until that point, I had endured a lot of abuse um, at the hands of my mother. And so, um, I know that's kind of heavy. And so I do want to say right now, before you listen any further, if talking about abuse is too difficult for you, um, maybe skip through a few seconds, but, um, I was kind of brought up to believe I wasn't really valuable. Um, and so, that's why I immediately was like, this is nice, but it's not for me. And, but then I prayed and I was like, you really want me? Like my own mother doesn't want me. Why would you want me? And, um, I, I, you know, after a few minutes of praying was just like, well, uh, okay. And so I didn't really fully understand that I was a sinner in need of a savior. I didn't really fully understand what um, what hell even was, what heaven even was, but I knew that I needed rescuing, but I meant it in like a literal sense, like I need rescuing from where I live. <laughs> and that's not all that he meant, you know, but um, but that's when I when I did get saved. And so from there, I started attending that church regularly. Eventually, I stopped. I can't remember why. Um, but then I really, once I graduated high school, 
I really backslid. I stopped going to church completely. And um, right after high school, just started working. And then my dad was in an accident in a fire. And he, um, it was severe. He was burned very badly. It was life lighted to Parkland Hospital. And um, the house where the accident happened, um, the closest spot to it where the life light could land was in the parking lot of Walnut Ridge Baptist Church. Yeah. And so um, that was really significant to me. And I've told other people, like, when that happened, I told them, and in the years since, I've brought that up again. And it doesn't seem to be significant to anybody else, and that's 100% okay. But when that happened, it was like, I remember praying for my dad um, that he would recover because it it was that bad. We didn't know right away if he would be okay. And so, um, but I remember when they told me that, I got glory bumps. Like, wow, that's where you saved me from hell. And that's where you took him up out of the closest thing to hell he's ever experienced in his life on earth. And so to me, that was like God saying, hey, I'm still here. I still love you. I still want to hear from you. You remember me? I saved you here. I saved your dad right here, too. Come on back. And... um. And so as a result of that accident, I ended up moving out of my mom's house, which was the my escape from the abuse. And like I've, I've cried bitterly about it in the years since, but um, like it breaks my heart to think that my dad had to be critically injured for me to have the courage to leave what was happening to me because by that time I was legally an adult. Um, but you know, survivors of abuse will know what I'm talking about. When I say after years of it, you don't believe that any of that is possible. You don't believe that you can leave. You don't believe that it's going to end. And even when the law says you can get up and walk out, you're made to believe that you can't survive without them. Even when you obviously can't, you just, it's like a brain control thing. So anyway, um, and my dad um, has always been a very uh, faithful believer. And so I moved in with him to help with um, just aspects of, not of his care. He ended up having a, a nurse come and help with his recovery. Um, but like right at the beginning stages, um of his recovery, his bandages had to be changed frequently and everything had to be sanitized multiple times a day. And it was a very complicated, delicate recovery. And so I moved in with him to help with that. And once he was recovered enough to work again, to be out amongst people again, um, he was in the middle of not having a home church when it happened. And so he finally found a place and started going on there. And one uh, Sunday, I actually had the day off, which was rare because I worked at Walmart at the time. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll just go to church with dad. I mean, it's, I haven't been in a long time, never been to his new church. He seems to really like it. So, you know, why not? 
And I went there and that was it. That was, um, and again, I can't remember what exactly the sermon was about, but um, it was the very first time in a very long time that I wasn't bored to tears by the preaching that I actually paid attention. And I felt like the, the Holy Spirit was there and speaking to me. And that was like I was saying hi to an old friend that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And so um, I ended up joining that church, growing there again, kind of coming back to God. And really, I was still a, a babe in Christ. I really hadn't grown very much. And so I was in my early 20s, um, and I ended up under the encouragement of uh, that leadership at that church uh, going to Bible college for a short time. And I learned a whole lot there, and um, I highly recommend that young people or old people, if you can, uh, take one year or one semester to go off to Bible college by yourself, do it. You'll learn a lot of Bible, but you'll learn a lot of life. You will learn how to budget your time and your money and your energy, and you'll learn that if you don't make it, to the dining hall before it closes, you will not be eating dinner. <laughs> you learn a lot of life lessons that you're not going to learn any other way. Um, so I highly recommend that. I really learned to trust the Lord there. Um, and it was there that I learned that God is not unreachable. Um, and he's very personal, very sweet and not in your face, but just it's right here next to me, you know, like he's a friend and I don't need to be afraid of him in the sense that, oh, I don't, oh ah, I, I'm so afraid of God. And, and growing up, there were times I was made to kind of believe that. And it was there on my own that I learned God is not a big, scary monster. He's my friend who loves me and wants the very best for me. And so um, so that was really great experience. And, um, you know, several years down the road, I'm still going to that church. Uh, not today. I'm talking about several years down the road. Um, I meet a lady. Um, her name's Amy. And she was holding a really cute little baby. And I go to this fellowship and my Sunday school teacher at the time said, Hey, we're doing a fellowship after church. You should come. So I did because I was like, Oh, I don't have any friends. Huh? <laughs> I hadn't been in the church very long and I just didn't have very many friends. And, um, so I went and she was there holding this baby and I was like, what a cutie pie. And she was like, you want to hold him? And I was like, yeah. And, um, so I held him, and that was just the beginning of uh, of a friendship that um, that God had really gave me. And uh, I actually am still very close friends with her today, and her family, and her kids. Amen. I ended up being nanny to both of her kids, and um, her husband is uh, ended up being a friend of mine too. And they're just really great family, and. Um, so just showing up to a fellowship really changed um, my life in that way. And 
as I got to know her, she, we call each other mother, sister, friend, because um, to me, sometimes she's a mom, but other times she's a sister, but she's always a friend. Amen. Amen. And um, and then in years gone by with her, I realized, oh, she's mothering me. Oh, okay, is that is that what this is supposed to look like? Because um, I just had a skewed view of of what of how a mother treats a daughter, and so um, I remember thinking, oh, it's kind of nice to have that. And then thinking, I thought I didn't need, like, I didn't need to know what that was like since like, I didn't grow up having it all the time. Like, it must not have been something that I really needed. And so when she would mother me, I'd be like, that's really nice. Like, that's great. You're great. <laughs> so anyway, um, she, she and myself and my dad we were invited to a 4th of July fellowship at another friend from that church, their, their home. And so uh, she was a photographer at the time and her uh, son was two years old, little guy at that time. And they had these little American flags in their yard and he had bent down to pick one up and she snapped a picture of him doing that. And it was just beautiful beautiful and uh she showed me and i was like oh my goodness you know what i need to share this with somebody that is going to encourage like plenty of people think it's just a great picture but you know i bet you that there's soldiers who are deployed who would really think wow this is a great picture so i was like hmm i don't know anybody in the military mm, i don't know how i would find anyone so i just did a little internet search and i found something called adopt a platoon and it's an organization that you can just sign up with and they connect you with a pen pal that's deployed and you just send them care packages and letters and stuff. And so I signed up with them. And a couple months later, I got an email um, saying, here's a soldier for you. Uh, here's their address. Here's where they're based out of, but they're overseas now. And so I started writing that person and I was like, y'all, I... I am bored. I have too much time. I might can I have another one. Can I have another to like, are there more soldiers that need adopting? And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. And uh, so they gave me another one. And this guy's name was Joseph. Yeah. And so I started writing him and just nothing like fancy. It was just like, Oh, thank you for serving our country. Here's this picture. I hope it encourages you. Here's a gospel tract because Am I really who I am if I don't send you one? Um, and I never heard back, but then I was like, well, you know, you don't, you don't do it to hear back. Like maybe they're in a serious combat zone or something. And so then, uh, of course I get bored and I'm just like, huh, I wonder where this guy's from. Oh, it says he's from Wisconsin. Okay. Huh. And Facebook was brand new at the time well not brand new it was newish newer and so i searched for him on facebook and i found him and at least i thought it was him they didn't give me a picture and i was like it says he's from wisconsin says he's in the army hmm i mean it's probably him but there's a few people with that same first and last name and so um 
so I found the one I thought was him and I tried to add him as a friend. And I was like, you know what? Hmm. I guess we'll see what happens there. And immediately it was like, I, I don't know, back in the day, you would try to add somebody on Facebook. And um, if they rejected your request, that that pending option would just go away and it would be it would say add friend again immediately it said add friend and i was like i clicked on it so i clicked on it again and minutes later add friend (laughs) so he was getting my request but didn't know who i was because he wasn't getting the letters right at first so i was actually a stranger to him anyway um long story short we got married (laughs) um let's hey, see. man yeah and um that was quite a whirlwind because he came home from that tour where i was assigned him as a pen pal he came home from that tour april 7th we were engaged the following month may 28th and then we were married the month after that june 14th Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So and what a and what a blessing. Yeah. Producer Morgan, what you're telling me, and it's a true story, and I'm so thankful that you're sharing this because other people who may have gone through uh tough times as it sounds like you, you started out uh as a young person, they need to hear uh this coming from a natural true person. This isn't isn't some Hallmark Christmas movie plot story or anything of mm-hmm. that nature. This is God actively moving in, in your life, yeah. uh, reminding you of, of significant locations, mm-hmm. just, you know, working through your life. Uh, but it, it it had to happen with, with your opening your heart up at first. And, and right. if people don't open up their heart, then the, the Holy Spirit's not going to, not going to, you know, move, move in, in their lives. But um, I don't mean to cut you off, but the, there's just so many questions I want to ask you, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Well, and you bring up a good point, though. And I share all that to say to to one point I want to make is that um, I met my husband. We have four children, which is its own testimony. I don't know if we'll get to that today. But, um, you know, I have four children and a husband. I have my own family. And that all can be traced back to my, I I went to that fellowship at church where I met that lady. She and I and my dad, we were invited to a fellowship at another church member's house. Right. Um, We got to know that church member because we went on a ladies retreat together and that's where we met her. And I went to that church for the very first time because my dad was faithful to obey God's word and to be in God's house so much to the point that, uh, that he found his church home and he never, um, missed, you know, and that testimony helped me to learn if I'm going to spend time with my dad on a Sunday, well, I'm going to be in church with him. Amen. And my life had took a lot of the turns it did because of his faithfulness. Amen. So that's quite a, an encouragement and a testimony to me. Like, you know, being faithful is not a little thing. And, no, and it's it, not. 
can and will change the course of your life and your children's lives and the lives of your grandchildren, you know? So. Absolutely. Amen. Nothing is by accident for sure. Um, and we have been married now uh, 13 years this June. And so, um, which doesn't seem like that's possible at all. Amen. Um, Amen. Fun. Um, and then this past April, um, I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it was, but I was outside and the kids were playing and I just got a burst of courage and I don't, I still can't explain it, but um I got a burst of courage and I felt like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to close the door and I'm going to end contact with my abuser. And a lot of people have said um, since then, like, that's your mom. And that's not incorrect, but, um, but I did seek godly counsel from several different people. Like, am I just being emotional right now? And a very wise lady, because I sought out uh, different perspectives. Um, and she said um, that I know the word toxic is really popular right now, but I don't mean it in the way that most people are using it. That relationship is toxic. And God does not intend for you to continue to put yourself in harm's way. And when she said that, I realized that. Um, the poison that poisoned me for so long is going to trickle down to my children if I don't remove myself. And so, and so that's what I did. And, um, and since then I have begun and I'm, I'm sort of in the trenches of the very long, but necessary healing process. And, um, and so that's where I am now, but I'm so thankful to be where I am now because, um, you know, I, I'm starting to see things with very different, very fresh eyes. And so, you know, God's been good every day, every day. Time. I think, you know, the Bible teaches us, of course, to honor our mother and our father. It mm-hmm. tells us that a couple different times. Um, sometimes, in, in affirmation of what you're speaking to, the best way we can honor those people is to extract that from your life and then pass on the best part of what your parents did to your kids, which is you. Mm. So that's what you're doing. You're honoring your children with the best thing that your mom did. And that I know of, of course, Mm -hmm. um, from this, from this story of your life. And you were there and you ended up at a church that ended up being the physical salvation as well as your spiritual salvation for your father. And mm-hmm. you're talking about, you didn't know what song was playing in the background or what the altar call was. But of course, the first thing that popped into my head with that is after you were saved and you end up going back to that church was softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling for you and calling for me. See hey, on man. the portal, he's watching and waiting, waiting for you and waiting for me. Come home. Mm. Amen. Come home. And Ooh, I still get glory bumps thinking about it. And that's, you, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to come home. And that's, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Please continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Well, and so many people have kind of like laughed at me when I said, how personal is that? That God, that God saved my dad right there. 
and they laughed. And I quickly didn't take that personal because that's when I realized that's just for me. Mm. And since then and daily, there's so many things that happen where God says, that's just for you and me to know. That's just for you and me, for from me to you. Yeah. And you can share that if you want to, but but isn't it nice just for you and me? And that's just the sweetest relationship if you allow it. Similar yeah. similar story. And to to back that up, you know, God doesn't do anything by accident. No. God's perfect. Um I was having just overwhelmed in life. That happens. Four kids. Don't be overwhelmed in life. Amen. And it's you're so busy you can't see sometimes. So what what we do as a family is we literally throw the family in the car and we'll just go on a drive. We don't know where we're going. We don't know when we'll be back. We take enough supplies for the day. And mm-hmm. when we get home, we get home. And we're driving and we're driving. And we're on this little country road that I don't think I've ever been on ever in my life. And I see this sign. It's like, oh, that's cool. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're next to this giant lake. And there's a sign for a Baptist youth camp. I'm like, cool. And we we come up to it. And I just slam on the brakes because I can't drive. I'm stuck. I'm paralyzed. And I see the tabernacle, the open air tabernacle where I was led to Christ. And I was just freezing. And I started crying. And Sarah goes, is that it? Mm. Like that's the one. And just seeing out of nowhere, unexpected, the, the open air tabernacle Baptist youth camp that I went to when I was a kid where Mm. I got saved and seeing that in the middle of nowhere, when I was having a rough day, I was like, you know what? I got this. God's got this. This is nothing. So, it's not laughable. And unfortunately for those people that think it's laughable, I, I, I pray one day that they'll understand mm-hmm. because God has a way of parting the clouds, calming the seas for us to take a moment and go, that's right. This is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we serve a Lord who, who not only does the amazing public miracles that were done in both the Old Testament as well as what Jesus did in the New Testament. Uh, some some miracles were public. Like, for instance, in the Old Testament, God parting the, the Red Sea. Everybody saw that. Yeah. Uh, but then God was also able to meet with uh, Samuel in the book of First Samuel in a still, small voice. Yeah. God didn't even work. There was a man of God there living with Samuel. But he didn't speak through the man of God to Samuel. The man of God said, hey, the next time you you hear God's voice, you say, yes, Lord. Eli didn't even know what was going on. But that Mm -hmm. the message God had a personal message for Samuel, who then turned around and told the man of God, Eli, later on in the the chapter. So there are some things that and and then we could also talk about in the New Testament. There were some miracles that Jesus did publicly, feeding of the 5,000. And then there were other miracles where Jesus charged the man. He said, hey, I know I've healed you, but don't tell anybody. So that's the kind of Lord we serve. He, 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 He does 
public things publicly, but he is also a very personal God because he loves each and every one of us at a very personal level. And, and so I, it's just um, amazing. Uh, not incredible because that would be, that would be my saying unbelievable. And, and I don't want to say unbelievable because I do believe your testimony, but that specific location, I agree with you from what your testimony, what you've shared with me, that was a personal moment where he brought you back to, to that moment by, by way of your father. And that's just, that's, that's just amazing. I can't think of another word, but that just demonstrates to me the character of God, even today versus the things that he did in, in the scriptures that, that we read. Yeah. And my dad, maybe someday we can have him on, but um, he says to this day, if it's not your day to go, it's not your day. And right, right. Like I, I still can't imagine, you know, what he experienced, but, you know, oof, um, he's been, um, I shouldn't say the only reason that I know God today, because my grandmother prays for me daily and has since before I was born. Um, so I know that uh, grandma's prayers are powerful. Amen. And Amen. I know that those prayers kept her son, my dad, in church. And um, his testimony brought me back. And so I am challenged all the time to be the one, be part of the, the trail back home. Because it's a whole lot harder to come back home if you've never been. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where it is, if Amen. you don't know how to get there, if you don't know who's going to be there when you do get there, if you know when you're there. So um, I, I'm always challenged and thinking, you know what, my my dad stayed faithful. My grandmother is still faithful today. And because of their faithfulness and because of my grandfather's faithfulness, you know, Amen. I know God today. And so and who it, it's not and nor did I think it would be, but being a parent has, has showed me how much God loves me in, in different ways and how he wants the best for me, but doesn't want me to hurt myself. Right. <laughs> um, don't touch that hot stove. It's going to burn you. Right. Right. <laughs> I right. told you it was going to burn you. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. And, um, and so, you know, when it comes to my dad, I do have a godly heritage, but something I'm also learning in my healing process is that um, what happened to me is valid. Like it really did happen and it was wrong. And it, it takes a different kind of courage to stand up and say, this adult did wrong things. And, and here's what they did because, you know, you're taught your authority figures are never wrong. And that's just simply not always the truth. Right. Um, and so that that can, it can be hard to navigate sometimes. Like, um, do I keep quiet about this? Uh, is it as bad as I remember? Um, and and that's part of sort of the detox process that you have to go through when you are healing from things like that. Um, so that's where I'm at now. Um, but 
it's also it's like a catch 22 okay because i believe that what happened to me has been happening for generations and um for whatever reason maybe it was god that gave me that courage um but i have determined that it's going to end with me it's not happening anymore and that is really it's easy to say but um when you are starting the healing process you realize all the survivor behaviors you took on and all the things you learned so that you could survive and you have to somehow wake up and realize you don't need those anymore but then uh you know doctor says to you you don't need those anymore you don't need those survival tactics because you're safe now and then you know you're a 30 something year old mother and wife and <laughs> you're like oh i don't need really dark sarcastic humor anymore okay well that's sort of my entire personality so uh, i don't know if you know where i can get a new one of those <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just little things like that, that, you know, are that you have to go through the ugly process of healing. Um, and then you're, you're like, oh, I can put my weapons down. Okay. What do I do now? Because all I've ever known is holding weapons to protect myself. And you're telling me I, I can trust that I don't need to do that anymore. And that's great. But now what? I don't know anything else but fighting. I don't know anything else but fight or flight. And that makes a mess of a person from childhood into adulthood. And so what I a lot of what I do now, if you look at my Google search history, <laughs> is like uh, how to be the tightest two woman. <laughs> okay, Proverbs 31 woman is great. She's amazing. She's a rock star. And I want to be her too. We talk far less about the Titus two woman who teaches you how to be keepers at home. Amen. Very good. Very Nobody good taught me that. Nobody taught me any of that. Very good point. And I struggled from day one. And I still struggle because no one taught me. And, and that's something else I'm learning. I'm going to teach my daughters to be keepers at home. Um, to do everything else as well but because nobody taught me any of those things i'm like uh, i don't know <laughs> and um literally i had to google you know how to boil an egg um how do you brown meat what does that mean like <laughs> all of that i had to teach myself and that's not a terrible way to learn but um all of that to say, you know, again, I'm learning that cycle of not teaching any life skills whatsoever. That's ending. Uh, my job is to prepare you to not need me. Amen. And I'm going to do it. So. Amen. Amen. Uh, in um, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 13, 22, just thinking back to what you said about your, your father and, and even for yourself, where you, you had to draw a line in the sand, literally to say, this is what I'm going to do for my children. Proverbs 13, 22 says a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for, for the just. So there are so many parents today who are 
not considering their 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 future, uh, their legacy. Uh, there are so many people today who are into self, even parents. I, unfortunately, I personally know of parents who uh, have no interest in, in seeing their children have a better life than than they did, and and that's sad to sad to say. But I've seen that in more than than the one household. And so for you to have the courage to say, hey, the cycle is going to stop. You're thinking ahead. You're not only thinking about your children, you're thinking about your children's children. Something else you said earlier, which is extremely biblical in scripture, is that what what you do or what someone else has done in the past can shape the future of your offspring. And many people really don't have a good grasp of how a decision that a parent make a parent makes can have such a tremendous impact on the on their offspring, and uh, because not everyone breaks the and I hope I'm not using this word the wrong way. Not everyone breaks the cycle mm-hmm. where they're uh, in a, a negative situation and then they make this decision. I'm not going to do that when I get out of the house. And in many cases, you have. Uh, uh, men uh, abusive husbands their children see that and then the sons grow up being abusive husbands that that's that's been documented and so some people are not able to break that cycle but it's very important for a a good man uh in your case a good woman to to leave a a great inheritance for not only your children but but your children's children so uh just a fantastic testimony well thank you i it it's all it's all God's doing. And a lot of times, uh, probably once a day, I have to tell myself, you're not a victim anymore. You are a victor now. Because, you know, life doesn't give you convenient space and time and opportunity to slowly heal at your own pace. That does not happen. Um, life does not slow down for anything or anyone or any reason whatsoever. You just have to keep going. And, um, but one of the things that I have learned through uh, therapy is, um, you know, and I, I personally myself, um, I have sought and continue to seek uh, pastoral counsel, um, biblical counsel with other ladies, um, as well as medical um, uh, psychiatry and that kind of thing, because I believe that God reveals knowledge so that those people that have that knowledge can serve him and his people. Um, and hopefully they do it biblically, you know? <laughs> um, so you have to be careful who you trust with your health. Right. But, right. Um, but one of the things that I've learned is that uh, you stop often not everyone but you often stop maturing at the age of your most severe trauma and um i've uh, have slowly realized that that was true that i had a lot of thought patterns a lot of emotional reactions and a lot of things going on that were at the maturity level of the age when the most severe trauma happened and that explained a lot about me. And so I'm in a wonderful accountability group of Christian ladies and we check in with each other every week and we say, what are our goals for this year spiritually? 
And I was like, you know what? I just want to mature. Like, I don't want to think as a child. I don't want to react as a child anymore. And I don't, um, uh, in research, I found that uh, you can often be responding from your wound, like from as if it just happened to you. And you can respond to things like constructive criticism or uh, valid accountability or just a straight up everyday question with no harm meant. You can respond because you take it like an attack. And so instead of responding as an adult should, you just respond like someone just hurt you. And that's not they're not trying to hurt you at all. And so that's just another thing that I've learned um, that I have to kind of rewire and relearn, but none of that can even begin to take place if you don't stop the flow of poison at the source. And that's what I had to do with ending contact. And so that was a difficult decision, but I had all the support I needed from the people who loved me and every single one of them said, um, I can't believe it took you this long to do that. And like with my husband, I was like, you really are supportive of this? And he was excited. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we're really doing it then. So God's been good though. God's been really good and gracious um, to, to us and to me and, I can't believe he still loves me and wants to use me, but I've got to let him. And if I hang on to my wounds and let that be my name tag, I can't be full of anything else. It brings up a couple small things for me. Um, one, you were 14. I was 17. Um, and But I grew up in church. I was there every day or every Sunday. And I feel like God said the same thing when I got saved. What took you so long? (laughs) I was holding on to the world Mm. and holding on to fear. I was afraid to let go and let God. And of course, we still have those fears, right? And it's it's just really, really hard to let go and let God. And and when we get safe and we finally make it to the altar call or or wherever happens, God goes, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. Of course, I've got oh, your back a hundred percent. I've got mm-hmm. you. Let's start healing. Let's start healing right now. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me fill your heart and push the pain away. Because mm-hmm. if, if your heart is full of God, yeah, there's still going to be sad things, but there's joy in everlasting life. Brother Kurt, I'm going to call upon you to, uh, have your sword up because I cannot think or find the verse that says what uh, the devil meant for evil. God meant it for good. You can't think of it. Um, But I say that because um, in my Sunday school class, we recently have talked about how the things that happen to you um, are not they are so that you are prepared for your unique ministry. Yep. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, let's see. Uh, Genesis 
chapter 50, verse 20, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Yes, this is uh, actually to put that in context. This is Old Testament Joseph. You know, he right. went through a lot. He was sold yeah. into slavery. And I believe, and I, I could be wrong, I have to go back and check the chronology, but I think it took him 12, uh, 20 years, but he went from being uh, from the pit to the palace, basically becoming second mm -hmm. in command of all of Egypt. But that didn't happen overnight. His brothers had meant evil towards him, but it actually turned out to be when it was all said and done something for the good, because uh, not only that uh, uh, he was able to uh, Old Testament, Joseph was able to survive by way of the Lord, but the Lord also used Joseph as a means of saving his family back home, all of his brothers, who otherwise probably, and his father, who would have starved to death if, if Joseph hadn't gotten to the point where he was to um, have provisions for everyone during the time of famine. Yeah. Amen. We have, a, we have a missionary at our church that uh, they were in the armed forces overseas. Um, this is a couple decades ago. Um, in the Pacific Islands, and they were notorious for smuggling not good things. And while they were um, in the, the Philippine Islands, he, uh, he was led to the Lord and, and found God. God used his special skill set, and this guy, this gentleman, this missionary, this man of God, smuggles right. Bibles into one of the largest communist, if not the largest communist place in the world. Right, right. I'm not using specific mm -hmm. names on purpose. No, absolutely not. But thank God puts us where we are for a specific reason. And we can't see Amen. the forest for the trees when it happens. But your testimony Amen. gives you specific opportunities. What happened in your life? What happened in Kurt's life? What's that going on in my life? We are put in front of people with that opportunity. And when you hear that knock, when you, your heart is being squeezed going, I need to talk to this person. I need mm -hmm. to counsel them. I need to talk to them about Jesus. Yeah. Don't turn away because mm -mm. that is your one opportunity. Maybe your only opportunity that anybody will ever talk to that person and show them the gospel that they'll be that mm -hmm. compassionate person. Cause God puts you there. There's Amen. no telling who, who would or wouldn't be there. Exactly. And I can't wait to see in heaven um, when, you know, when it comes time for everyone that Angela led to the Lord line up. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm just, I, I can't but, but anyway, I don't my biblical lineage, my, yes. my biblical family Amen. tree. Yes. Amen. And she's going to see me and everyone before me who even knows and my husband and my kids and my grandkids and whew. amen 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 yeah and romans 8 28 says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose yeah um our our uh, missionary to ukraine who's uh currently been called home and is awaiting his next uh his next call from god um not called home to heaven, called home from right. the mission field. Let me I clarify like, that. I, yes, 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 that was about yes. to get real dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> one part about uh, discussing 
interview and that that gentleman was um when things weren't going according to his plan while while missionary to ukraine he had, he admitted that he struggled with that verse and mm. yeah i've been meditating on that ever since speaking about that because i was like you know what I do too, because it is so hard just to say, nope, God's got it. Because what do we want to do, especially in today's society? Yeah, we want to take and control. Pick, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Absolutely. Get back in there. Put your dukes up. Draw your sword. Draw your weapons. Yeah. Keep fighting. But no, God's got our God's got our back. Back, let him fight. And it's hard sometimes in the middle of, you know, of things that are painful it's hard to see the big picture, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's times that, that God gives you just really clear vision of what's really happening. And I would say 99% of the time, what's really happening is that the devil would love for me and my marriage and my home to go up in flames of destruction for the lineage of hurt to continue and that's why i have some friends that are going through the similar things that i am and when they're having a hard day i try to remind them we weren't given a roadmap for this we what we are doing in in all of our efforts to break the cycle is it's unique to our bloodline literally no one's done it before And so there's no one to show us how. There is no one to guide us. We are sort of winging it (laughs) and hoping that we wing in the right direction. Um, But that's why it's hard because it's never been done before. This is a a new path that we're literally, you know, cutting down as we go. Trailblazers. That is the wrong thing to do. That doesn't mean we made the wrong choice. That's right. It means the the path we are cutting now is one that no one in our family is ever going to have to cut again because we're ending it. And we're ending it for God's glory. And instead of continuing the easiest thing that we know, we are just casting a wider net and with the goal of bringing more souls to heaven you literally just walked into my mental segue there because i was i immediately went to mark and in my mind where jesus walked up and he saw uh, simon and andrew uh, casting their nets and what does he say come with mm. me and i'll make you fishers of men fishers of men and they were trailblazers they did things that nobody had ever done before Amen. let alone ever thought of before Amen. Getting to meet the Messiah. Amen. And the, the thing about it is, is that uh, as you were talking about going down a path that you've never been before, this is where faith comes in. The scripture teaches us in Hebrews eleven six that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now you have to keep, keep this in mind. If you knew, if God were to show you his quote unquote roadmap or game plan ahead of time, why would you need faith? Because you would see it. That's right. There are so many times in scripture where God would tell a prophet, 
Go yeah. to this town, and then I will instruct you from, from that point. And there were prophets yeah. like Samuel, Moses, I could go on and on, where God would just give them instructions just for that day and mm. say, go do this. And then he would have later instructions for them later, or you know, um, there would be someone there uh, that God sent ahead who, who would make provisions for that prophet. A lot of times, uh, God doesn't give us the quote-unquote big picture. He just says, trust in me, and I'll get you through day by day. And so is it easy? No. <laughs> was it <laughs> easy to take Abraham? Was, was it easy for Abraham to take Isaac exactly. up to the mountain? No, no, no. no. I, and, and that's just, you think about that particular example, Abraham and, and Isaac, where God tells Abraham, uh, you know, go up to the mountain and take your, you know, your son and sacrifice your son. What if Abraham had said, I think I know what God wants me to do. I'm just going to take a ram just in case. Mm. Wouldn't work. Probably wouldn't have been a, a totally different <laughs> passage of scripture after that. Uh. But he went. He he went in faith. Mm -hmm. You have to think about when Moses was eighty years old out in the wilderness, and and God spoke to him through the burning bush. What was one of the things God told him to do? Hey, grab, uh, throw your rod down. The rod turned into a serpent, and then what does he say? Pick that serpent up by the tail. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> like metaphorically, you mean, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, <laughs> but, you know, th th God, without faith, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible. Please. Awesome. Right. And so I, I, I honestly do not know how people who do not have a relationship with the Lord can I don't even know how to say it, get, get through so, you know, just tough times without having a, a loving savior. Amen. I, I've seen it. You go to a, go to a funeral, a Christian funeral of you know, a saved person and look at the people that are saved in attendance. It's a, it's a celebration. It's a mm -hmm. homegoing celebration. They miss that person, of course. And then you see the people that, that don't know God or are away from God. They cannot control themselves. They say things without thinking. They act un they act childish. They just they're they're unglued, they're unhinged, they're uh even toxic a little bit. They have no hope. They have no hope. They have, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And and that faith, you know, just just with Abraham, with, with Isaac, and coming back to the fishers of men, and and having that peace. Imagine being a fisherman, being a fisherman then, and like it is now, you're out in a tiny little rickety boat, casting nets into the deep. So you're pretty familiar with being out on the sea, and all of a sudden you're out there with the Messiah. The Messiah's taking a nap, and there's a storm. You're next to the Messiah, and you don't have the faith that you're going to be okay? <laughs> then you have to run back to your Messiah, and what did he say? Yeah. What took you so long, right? No. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, God is good. And, you know, 
I think as humans, we have the tendency to, when we do know things, we just want to take control. Mm-hmm. Correct. And we want to decide what happens next. Correct. And we feel like we just need to be in complete control. And that's, that's hard. That's exhausting. And if we would just kind of shut up and trust God. Amen. Amen. I'm talking to myself right now. (laughs) Amen. Amen. To just relax and trust God. He always comes through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that you mentioned Hebrews 11, 6. That's the verse I prayed when I asked God for children. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Very special verse to me. And I remember (laughs) that during that time is another time that I learned more about God because I slowed down and hushed up long enough to actually enjoy his presence. Um, I remember quoting his word back to him (laughs) saying, you said in (laughs) Cruz 11.6, without faith, it's impossible. To please you. And I'm telling you. Like I'm telling God something he doesn't know. Yeah. Well, we're all looking for that peace. We're all looking for that understanding. And we're all looking to, to what if we're lost, what is that home lost physically, lost spiritually, lost mentally? And the the world is not my home. There's another song. That's another good song right there. <clears throat> I love that one. That, world is not that, my home. That'll make a Baptist dance. <laughs> But um, it, all of this is impossible without God. And there's too many real examples, real life examples of just being hopeless, faithless, scared. I've been scared. I've been in places and in situations that I shouldn't have been in. And there's, a, that of course, I was in. And there are places that I knew I was in for a reason. And I was scared. But I had that peace. Um, very quick side story on on peace and knowing where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be there. I worked in a prison camp in Iraq, and um, a lot of people in the in that part of the world are princes by title because of financial situations. And there is this prince who was uh, he was probably six six or, or taller. He's a big, very large gentleman, very in shape and. Uh, we caught the word that he was actually a professional kickboxer as well. Anyway, we, uh, my job at this time was to, to transport these, uh, these people from one, one part of the camp to the other, um, as they were being taught how to read and write their language, because, uh, similar to other places, they were being told what the, what their, religious book said without even being able to read it. So they were being taught to read and write so they could understand what this document actually says or anything for that matter. And uh, prior to that, being in a, in a detainee camp, uh, I had a silver James Avery ring with the cross on it. And I was advised that maybe if I valued my safety or my life, given the fact that we're in the Fertile Crescent um, if Mesopotamia, that I should probably take that off and it never even crossed my mind but when they told me i should take it off i was like no i don't think that i will i think i'll keep that cross on my finger as an outward profession of my faith mm-hmm. and this this prince there's what's called the sally port you put your hands through this fence to get cuffed and obviously i'm we have contact he pulls my arm through through the hole 
and we're talking chain link fence. So uh, with steel in the window and he, he could snap my arm off right then and there. And he gazes at my ring and he lets go and he gets really close to my face knowing that he had me. And uh, he told me that he was proud of me for being very brave for wearing the cross and being. Wow. And I was scared. Yeah. I was scared. Wow. It was a very scary situation. Yeah. He would have taken my arm off. He probably would have met his maker immediately. It wouldn't have taken long, but wow. he knows that there, there are Christians all around him, especially at least one. And we have to be strong in our faith. And, but we can't have that kind of confidence without God. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see if we can uh, put a bow on this. Uh, Miss Morgan, anybody's listening, how would you advise them to find God? Well, I would say open up God's word. Open up God's word. It is not scary. It is not difficult to read. No. And if that's a little too much, then just close your eyes or keep them open. It truly doesn't matter. In your heart, you can speak to God. Amen. Out loud, you can speak to God. And I challenge you to do so because it uh, makes the enemy aware of what is going to happen to him and who is fighting for the person that is praying. The prince in power of the air does not like it when we say out loud what we are um, asking God to do for us. Amen. So I encourage everyone to do that. Um, But the Bible says, you know, there is none good, no, not one. Um, And salvation is very simple. It's not at all complicated. Um, And God just wants to hear from you. Um, and I know a lot of people who are saved, who are still babes in Christ and listen, they're going to be in heaven too. Um, let's see, let me begin here in, of course I lost my tab that had my neatly, um, all right, let's start in Romans. Okay. Romans three twenty three says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god that's everyone every single one of us is a sinner Amen. and for the wages of sin is death yep the payment that we get for sin is death but but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord um, it's a gift it's a gift you don't have to pay for it you don't have to buy it um, all you have to do is accept it and you Amen. can take a gift all day long. All you have to do is open it and receive it. And it's yours forever. You can't be plucked out of God's hand. You can't Amen. ever. Um, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8 says that for what whosoever like raise your hand if whosoever applies to you, that's me and every living yeah. soul. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does not say whoever cleans up your life and comes to me once you file all your taxes. No. Whosoever has never ever said a bad word or watched a Disney movie. No. Nope. Whosoever uh 
keeps their lawn mode. No, none of those things. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Amen. It. And Amen. it is really that simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's a very simple prayer. It's not doesn't have to be public. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Um, all you need to do is invite Jesus and let him know that you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior and you trust him and him alone to take you to heaven when you die. And that really, truly is it. Amen. And when you get saved, when you invite Jesus into your heart and you accept him as your Savior, you get the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is his presence that comforts you. I will not leave you comfortless, the Bible says. And um, it's the Holy Spirit that guides you, that comforts you, that gives you courage, that gives you peace. And that is the peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. All of it. It doesn't even make any sense. Okay? And... It doesn't make sense because it's not natural, and it's not natural because it's supernatural. That's right. And I don't know. Maybe I made a big, big mess of that, but <laughs> I don't know. Beautiful. Romans ten thirteen is the I think the one. If you don't take away anything else, Romans ten thirteen: For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that's a promise. It's a promise. Yes, it is. It. Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you so much for your testimony, for your willingness to share your testimony. Thank um, you for we, we prayed before we started recording. We prayed at the beginning of the recording. Um, we, we do this for the, for the furtherance of God's word and, and to build the kingdom of heaven. And I honestly believe that we are doing this right now to reach out to somebody who absolutely needs to hear this. Amen. Amen. I don't Amen. care if it's one person. Right. They right. need this. They need God and they need a presentation specifically for them. There's Amen. one person on this earth right now that needs this. Amen. And I am so happy that they are honored to hear, to hear your testimony. And thank you so much for being brave enough yes. to do that and having the courage yes. to do that yes and uh i'm humbled and I, i'm grateful for it just myself hey. let alone anyone else but uh i'm sure they are as well hey hey man uh, i have to chime in too it's yeah. just we have to remember in the gospels jesus uh got on the ship and went over to the gatherings and according to scripture he he really just saved one guy a demoniac who had you know a thousand demons and um and you know, and he saved that it was uh Matthew eight or Mark eight, I have to go back and check. But after he cast those demons out of that one guy and that guy was closed and you know in his right mind, after Jesus saved that one guy, what did he do? He got back with the ship, <laughs> he sailed back to where he came from. So so once again, if if this podcast and, and your testimony um uh, Ms. Morgan, if it just reaches one person, mm-hmm. then it has accomplished what the Lord intended for it to accomplish. Amen. And if just one more soul comes down the aisle, 
Maybe that's the last soul we need before we go to heaven. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And that's that's really um I do wanna just share one more little nugget. Um my third daughter was born in two thousand eighteen. Um my husband was deployed when she was born and I had two young toddlers at home. And I remember thinking, God, why would you choose this for me? I am the weakest among us. I can't do this. I can't physically do it. I can't mentally do it. I can't emotionally do it. Why would you choose this for me? What in the world are you trying to teach me? I am messing this up royally. Do you see this? This is terrible. Why? In giving birth in a room where I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody in that room giving birth to my daughter. And we didn't have enough phone signal for my husband to be on the phone to even hear what was going on. Okay. And that was in August of 2018. And I was bitter for a long time. And I had a lot of mental, um, I can't think of the word, but just had a lot, a really hard time relaxing. Um, even well after he came back from that deployment. But then uh, 2019 came and 2020 came and 2021 came and U.S. left Afghanistan and not everybody made it home. But you know who wasn't in Afghanistan when that happened? My husband was not there. And it took all those years and all that time. And I was just like complaining to God, like, why would you let me go through that? And of course, I would say that instead of like, hey, thank you, God, for the completely unmedicated birth of my absolutely perfectly healthy daughter. Thank you for zero birth complications. Thank you for a healthy pregnancy. I couldn't park on that. I had to harp on by myself on a big baby. Um, but God had a purpose. It wasn't for Amen. nothing. Amen. It wasn't for nothing. Amen. And, um, and it, all that to say, you might get to find out the reasons on this side of heaven. You might, but you might not. That's right. That's right. And either way, God is good. All Amen. the time. Amen. 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 Ooh, that's good. I don't, I, and I still am like, I can't believe. Was that me? That happened to me? Really? Uh, doesn't sound like me, <laughs> but God knows what he's doing. Uh, and I, he just, he lets me be a part of it. So I'm thankful. Oh, you little faith. All we got to do is trust. Amen. A lot easier said or read than done. But, uh, we can we can do it if we, if we really try. Amen. Gotta gotta let go. Um, well, let's let's dismiss in prayer, and uh, we'll let we'll let the gospel message do what it does best and just take care of itself. Yes, sir. All right, our heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. Lord, I I love. Uh, my friends here, my brother and sister in Christ, Lord, and I'm grateful for every moment on this earth that I get with them and my family, just everything that you've given me in my life and all the blessings. Lord, I can I can live with peace knowing that no matter what happens in my life, that you live within me and that my eternal home is with you in heaven. I pray that there's one soul 
that needs the gospel message, Lord, that uh, that they receive this somehow, this podcast, this this conversation of spiritual Christian friends, Lord, that uh, it touches someone that they can, can come to know you. Nothing else is more important than that, Lord, expanding your kingdom and, and bringing more souls to heaven. Well, we pray earnestly that your will be done. We're grateful for all these many, many blessings in our lives, Lord, and, and help us focus on the, on the good that you've given us, Lord, and not what we don't have. And help us practice faith, Lord, like Abraham. When he took Isaac on that mountain, Lord, he didn't take the ram with him. He just took a son, and he knew the Lord would provide, and he did. Let us trust God the same way, Lord. Thank you so much again for everything. We love you, and it's in your precious, sweet, and holy name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of KJ&E. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email us at kurt at kjandlee.com or jacob at kjandlee.com. A special thank you to the Abbott family and Reach Ministries for their music used in this podcast. We hope you have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time. What is that now? That's the loosen up your your tongue. Really? Okay. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) Try it. Try it. Unique New York. Unique New York. New York. I'd rather rather say rugged rubber uh, baby buggy bumper. What was that? Rugged rubber baby buggy bumper. (laughs) Rugged rubber baby buggy bumper.